This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and call to the town guards. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Maxime, I am fired up to announce, even in a shitty day, dude, I am fired up to announce that rejoining us after an insane amount of time, the former Golden State beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, a high-profile sports author who has contributed to the LA Times, SportsNot, NBA.com, and the LA Daily News, a Golden State spy, who has secretly worked to rid the streets of Southern California of LeBron murals everywhere. And the exact guy we need today, Mr. Mark Medina. What's going on, Mark? Bram, hands are clean once again, but I cannot confirm nor deny that there, there may be some new LeBron murals coming out. Oh, LeBron bastard. murals standing side by side with Steph Curry, with LeBron flashing his rings at him. That LeBron mural is going to read three run or three one comeback in one of the oh. greatest fucking turnarounds of all time. I'll have you know. And Mark, I I say this all the time, but we need you, dude. We need you badly. All right. So a quick admission: this podcast finds me in a nasty spot. Um, some unnecessary detail. So my wife had a pretty bad fall recently. So bad we had to go to the ER. She's on crutches the whole nine yards. And last night we were watching the game together. She and I. She's on the couch when she can't move, right? Um, and the game ends the way that it did. And I leave to go spend alone time in the bathroom. That's how hard I'm taking. And it happens to coincide with when Erica has to go to the back of the house. We're, we're watching in the living room. And so she needs help. You know, she needs to carry her shit back there. She's on crutches. She can't. And so she reaches out to her husband and asks me for help. And I scream back from the living room, I need alone time. Or living room. I scream back from the bathroom, I need alone time. So psychotic just psychotic response. I need to bounce out of this, all right? And so the main thing we're doing today is a segment I'm going to call We Believe. Maxime and I have come up with some reasons why we believe this will go seven games and the Warriors can pull it out, but I don't want it to be a fucking Warriors echo chamber, right? We need some non-homer takes. So I go right back to where I started this. We need you. You not only know basketball, you're not only very experienced in this world, you have covered the Los Angeles Lakers. So the idea is going to be, we will give you these pitches. We'll give you the reasons, but they will not count unless two of the three of us 
vote yes. We say, yes, this is a legitimate reason why the Warriors can win this in seven. But before we get there, before we can look forward, let's get it out of the fucking way. Let's look back. The glass half full, gentlemen. Look back at uh, game four and give me something you like or don't. I'll stop talking for a second. What do you guys got? Maxim, you want me to uh, go first? I don't know if I should troll or console or both. I'm vulnerable. I'll have you know that. I don't know if that influences your opinion at all or which direction you want to go, but I'm on a razor's edge. Do not make me go back to the bathroom, Mark. I just got <laughs> Well, half glass full. I guess, you know, there's there's moral victories even in playoff games. Uh, uh, half glass full is, yeah, the Warriors have been here before. They've overcome a 3-1 series deficit. The Oklahoma City Thunder know that well. Um They've also been championship contested. Last I checked, they won a title less than a year ago. They've won four titles and six NBA Finals appearances last eight years. Last I checked, they still have Stephen Curry on the team. Even though, here's what's crazy, guys. Stephen Curry did not make a lot of shots. He missed some uh, ill-timed shots toward the end. But he was great everywhere else. He had his third playoff triple-double. With a lot of points, a lot of assists, a lot of rebounds, played decent defense. He really had his imprint on the game. If you're going to cast blame on why the Warriors lost, really had nothing to do with the Steph Curry. It's because he's trying to fight a giant boulder, not just with LeBron James's greatness or Anthony Davis's sudden dominance and the Lakers' home court crowd in LA with Jack Nicholson, mind you. He's also dealing with Jordan Poole's uh, pool. Poor play. Clay Thompson suddenly not being able to shoot the ball into the Pacific Ocean and terrible turnovers, terrible fouls. But as we saw most recently, Game Seven against Sacramento, Steph Curry is still due for one of those nuclear Steph Curry performances that you can't discount the Warriors out. But half glass empty, it's kind of everything else I talked about. When I was there at the game yesterday, it was very befuddling here. I was anticipating a close playoff series to go back and forth. You have all these competitive elements. But I not, I did not see a game four go like this, where the Lakers looked like they were a team that had a lot of continuity and had been championship tested beyond LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I did not anticipate the Warriors making self-inflicted wounds and terrible mistakes that are usually reserved for rebuilding teams instead of championship-tested uh, teams. So that's that's the part that leaves me concerned. I much preferred the portion of your response that started with last time I checked. I enjoyed all of those. I was getting all excited. And then, no, back to the glass, half empty. Maxime, we haven't heard from you. What do you think, man? What do you like or don't? Well, I think now I might need to take a trip to the bathroom. That was such a roller coaster ride. I'm feeling, like, really nauseous and kind of want to throw up now, you know? Do you, like... You got me all excited, and then you stabbed me in the back, man. I don't feel very good. I Listen, I think the glass half full, sure, like Steph Curry had a triple-double, and I sort of felt like as we were trending towards that, I could see it happening even in the first half. I said to myself, oh, shit, this is a perfect opportunity for them to squander a stat line like this, you know? Like, it feels like it would always happen to Steph that he would get a triple-double, his third one in the playoffs um, in a Warriors loss. Um, so there there I go, making the glass half full, a glass half empty. I, I just, you know, I think there's a there was a lot that happened in the last couple of minutes that we can talk about in terms of what was glass half empty. But for me, the one that sticks out by far the most, because it's an encapsulation of so much shit, why did Draymond not put the ball back up when we're down one? 
He's underneath the hoop. He's got Dennis Schroeder on him. He just got the offensive rebound. He kicks it out to Steph, who has to take a three with eight seconds ago. Steph is probably thinking while he's putting that three up, why the fuck did Draymond pass me this ball when he was right underneath the hoop? Could have let it to get it, get us to go up one. I, I just to me, you know, and then of course there were the crazy turnovers. I don't know why Steph didn't call a timeout, but the whole, the whole thing just felt like an epic collapse in a way that made me feel like I still do now, which is kind of like I want to throw up. Take a little further, and then we're moving on what I don't like. I don't like that those last two minutes was a microcosm for an exceptionally frustrating season. This is the whole season in two fucking minutes. Bad shots, bad decisions, bad turnovers, and then a scrub, Lonnie Walker the 25th, going for a 1,000 points on us in the fourth quarter. We have watched that a million times during this year. A million times it has gutted me, and it fucking gutted me last night. So I didn't like. Another thing I don't like, watching GP2 throw up in his mouth, those like replays made me physically ill. And even just that play, even if we had just not thrown it to nobody while he was throwing up, it might've been a one point game, but here's something I like boys. And I believe it. And I'm hoping it's the bridge to the, we believe segment. This is the exact opportunity. The one thing that can exercise the three, one demons to LeBron. This is it. We've got the stage set. They now have that opportunity. And if giant underlined bold, if, if they pull it out, then these losses weren't just worth it. They were fucking justifying. They, they, are, they are creating the sports movie um, runway to one of the greatest ends of all time. So let's go to the we believe segment. So I, I've reached out. We've got people who've given us reasons, uh, both via Twitter and the email. I've asked Maxime to come up with some reasons. So Mark, let's see what we convince you of. And here is the first. Why do I believe... The Warriors can win this in seven. Reason number one, the Warriors discovered in that last game, the Lakers cannot guard the pick and roll. They can not. You put AD in an action up top with Steph as the, uh, as the ball handler, and they ate all they wanted through basically three quarters and then stopped for God knows what reason running that pick and roll in the fourth. But the first reason I'm giving you is that the Warriors figured something out offensively that seemed to really screw over the Lakers. So what do you think, boys? Is that a justifiable reason about why the Warriors have a shot in winning this in seven? Yep. You want, you want, me, you want me to take yep, it? You, you got, got it. I've got Maxime, but I need two, right? That's, that's why this isn't an echo chamber. Mark, does that convince you? You watched it. Does the pick and roll success make you feel like, well, there might be something there? Not to split hairs. I, I think uh, I buy it because it's Steph Curry, but the pick and roll success, look, the Lakers have been one of the best defensive teams, uh, not just in this series, but in the last few months because of the trade deadline additions. And while there is a challenge for Anthony Davis to extend himself out on the pick and roll, I thought that all things considered, he didn't wet the bed. He took on the challenge. He's much better as a rim protector. I think if it's the larger point because of Steph in any scenario, yes, I'll buy that, but not specifically the pick and roll defense because I think the Lakers, they'll make the adjustments defensively. I should have. Let, let me hedge that and put them together. What I really liked about it, what they found was a way to kind of neutralize AD's shot blocking abilities. They, they found a way to pull him out from under the basket, put him into open space, and then, you know, both prevent him from, from uh, weak side defense and put him in less of a position to succeed. In fact, one of the things I got frustrated with at the end of last night's game is that Steph didn't just blow by AD and fired up those 30-footers um, when he probably could have gotten to the lane. 
But with that caveat that, you know, they found a way to kind of to, to pull AD out. Reason for optimism? Eh, again, I'm fine that, st- that Steph will get his numbers, but I think by and large, AD has shown he might be an up and down on the offensive scale in terms of a stock report, but defensively, he's been locked in. So yeah, he'll mitigate the rim protection. But I think to the Lakers' credit, they've been a locked-in defensive team that there were some initial challenges with the small ball lineup, but they also had a lot of successes with covering up some of his deficiencies. So, yeah, um, I'm not buying it too much. Doesn't sell you entirely. Well, I hate you so far, Mark. All right, Maxime, you're... uh, It'll it'll only get worse. uh, No, it will not. We're going to find something. I don't care. I have some really ridiculous ones that I will sell you as we get down this list. Uh, Maxime, to you, what do you got? All right, well, I'm not so sure that any one specific thing is going to be able to convince Mark. So I'm just saying, Mark, like, let's just build on these, all right? This is not necessary. This is building on top of the pick and roll um, opportunities that we might be able to bring up. And I know that this might come as a little bit of a, uh, um, you know, a, a, a hot button item. But I want to remind everybody that we won a championship last year. And one of the things, one of the stats in that postseason run was almost, if we, if we can round up by one percentage point on the three-point percentage, almost a 50, 40, 90 showing from Jordan Poole. Now, am I saying that Jordan Poole is the key to this? No. Am I saying that if Jordan Poole plays an average level Jordan Poole from what we've seen, knowing that he's capable of doing it across a playoff run, then I think that we have not just a chance, but we should be blowing them out of the water. So, if Jordan Poole, and I'm not saying he needs to go 50, 40, 90, but if he doesn't go 0 for 4, we have a chance to win the game. So what do you think? An average Jordan Poole making it happen over the next three games. 50, 40, 90. How about he just doesn't suck ass? How about Jordan Poole just <laughs> isn't terrible, dude? I'll take that. Um, before, so the question is, and, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it, JP can't be this bad for the entirety of this series. We can expect some upshot, right? Um, and before you answer it, let's give you a little bit Extra information. And Mark, show off our new video capabilities here. Here's the first. So this is a look from Kareth Burke. I know you were in the locker room of the Lakers, so you may have missed this portion. Let's show them the KB um, video talking about what Jordan Poole did after the game in the locker room. Yeah, it happened to be in the locker room when Jordan Poole spoke. It's been a while since he spoke. And before we get to the words that he said, let me just paint a picture of what that locker room was like. So the Warriors PR was coming over and saying, Jordan, could you please talk post game? He seemed a little reluctant. You could tell that he was very frustrated. He was facing his locker, actually. So as the reporters gathered around him, it did become clear that he would he would talk to us. His back was to us. And so we're all kind of around to the sides of him. Um, he turned his music off for us. But that locker room, a visitor's locker room, is really cramped. So when that music went off, all of the other players were listening as well. You could see, you know, Andrew Wiggins, uh, there was uh, Looney right nearby, and then GP2 came to the locker. It was like all eyes and ears were on Jordan right there, and it just heightened the tension. So what did Jordan end up saying? Because we need to acknowledge that this hasn't been a great series for him, maybe not even a great postseason for him. Something has happened to his shot. It's just not there. We know that he has a good shot, but why is he struggling now? Why is he a little bit uncomfortable? Just reviewing some of the things he said, 
And some pretty short answers. My shot, I don't know. If I knew, I would tell you. He didn't want to talk about himself. He kept saying we have a game in a couple of days. So there's there's Kareth Berg describing some tension in the locker room behind Jordan Poole. Uh, let me give you one other take. Here's Michael Rappaport's uh, maybe a little bit more emotional review of uh, Jordan Poole's experience. Yo, Jordan Poole, everybody defended you. I defended you. I said, how dare Draymond Green suck a punch? A guy that looks like he's a backup singer in the group, DeBarge. Okay? And I condoning what happened in any way, shape, or Form, but I am going to tell you right now, you ain't a splash brother. We, everybody, I know Stephen Klain can do it. We are rescinding that name ever to be a, you're not a splash brother. I don't even know if you could, you know what your name is? Jordan, I can't swim in the pool, pool. That's your name. Forget being a splash brother. Can you even swim? You look like shit. You can cut it. You can cut it right there. Uh, let the re reflect that Rappaport's walking through what looks like Central Park there. Um, okay, so with some outside opinions in tow, the next reason to you, Mark, um, one of the reasons the Warriors will come back in seven is that Jordan Poole cannot be this bad the whole series. What do you think? Yeah, I guess it's that old adage of uh, maybe you've already hit rock bottom and can't get any worse. But I think that there's like this implicit danger now that if he does come out of the rotation, finally get some time, that there's just going to be this pressure internally, externally, don't screw it up. And you wonder, what does that do to a player's psyche? And while I do fully understand why he hasn't been in the rotation, you know, Jordan has himself to blame with just how erratic he's been and just lack of discipline on defense. You know, there is the other side of the coin that by – making him feel that vulnerable uh it might not even be worth it even just to give him limited run because it could cause even more damage and i think i think that the confounding part of this overall that makes this even more severe is that clearly the warriors in the playoffs you know within this two whole two timeline stuff that we've talked about in simplistic terms with the hall future hall of famers the vets versus the young guys they've clearly chosen the lane and they don't trust the young guys, yet that hasn't been enough. They haven't been on the floor yet. The Warriors have still been making a lot of mistakes. Yep. And so while Jordan Poole and, you know, Kaminga didn't even play, so he's not – he doesn't deserve blame for the, the collapse. You do wonder, well, there's a reason why they're on the bench. It could have been even astronomically worse. So no easy answers here. I think really the, be the best recipe here, and this isn't a knock on Jordan, but just the pragmatic reality of the situation – you reduce the fouls, turnovers, clay, start hitting the, hitting your shots better. Um, that can, you know, maybe not completely solve all things, but it's at least enough for them to to win game five and then move on to the next one and see if it's enough for a game six and onward. Yeah, and go from there. Um, so let me see. I'm going to let me add a little burst of Warriors optimism. I'll start fighting for us, um, and I'm going to take that first one because I didn't really underline it enough, and I'll take Jordan Poole in a second here. 
but the Lakers can't stop the pick and roll. Do I think that's a reason? Fuck yes, I think that's a reason. The Warriors are getting the shots they want. I shouldn't limit it to the pick and roll. It's not like the Lakers defense is forcing us into end of shot clock three-pointers or fall away terrible bank shots with no possibility. They're getting what they want when they want it. They're just not falling. If Steph hits his normal percentage of three-pointers, if Wiggins hits any of the wide-open fucking threes that are right there in front of them, this Warriors offense is getting the shots they want. They're just not hitting the shots they get. So do I think the greatest shooting backcourt and one of the best offensive teams in the history of the game can figure it out, Mark? Fuck yes, I do. So I think that that is a reason absolutely. Okay, Jordan Poole, do I believe in that? Here's my problem. I do think he's capable of turning it around. I do think that he can't play this bad for the whole series, but I also think that Jordan Poole wears his confidence on his sleeve. That's something I can identify with. That's me. If I go into a gym and people think I'm shitty, I'm worse. If I go into a gym and people think I can play, I play better. And right now, Warriors fans' affect is F Jordan Poole. That Rappaport thing, everybody. Everybody's coming out to take shots at him. And that really worries me. I do not think that that'll spur him towards success. So I think he's capable of it. But I also think that the more we all take to Twitter or social media in any form and take shots at him, I think that that hurts us. So I don't necessarily think, at least in this current setting, that Poole can turn it around. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Here's our next, and it's, I think, a very strong one. There are hopefully three games left. Of those three, two are in Golden State. That means something. This is a good team at home. This is a team with championship experience. If they can start just with a Game 5 win and only need to win one in L.A. to force a Game 7, do I think there's a shot at that? Of course I do. This is not over. There's a reason they play the game. So there's my next reason why I think they have a shot. You've got my vote on that for sure. Either of you boys say yes to that. Does the home court advantage mean anything? It absolutely, it means quite a lot. I mean, not just because what we saw in the regular season. I mean, so far this series, sure, we lost that first game at home, or at home, but then we won the next one, right? We are a much better home team, um, and if our record is going to be any indication of that in the regular season as it is in the playoffs, there's a good reason to have um, optimism. And then on top of it, right, you could say, okay, well, just as good as we've been on the road, or I'm sorry, at home, we've been equally as bad on the road. And yet, our playoff pedigree so far this offseason says that, you know, we can win on the road as well. We won a pivotal game six, um, you know, uh, after after winning in game five uh, in Sacramento. So I think there's certainly reason to believe that we are capable of uh, bringing it in when it matters. And there's a lot of momentum. If we can go in and we can win game five, you know, you just take it one game at a time. But what do you think, Mark? Yeah, the home crowd, 
sell me, sell me, sell me. Uh, it's the real deal. I mean, first of all, Bram, you're a devoted season ticket holder. So the fact that you're going to be in the building, I think that that's going to be the X factor. Let's go. In game five. Let's go. I plan um, on playing defense like Darvin Ham. If I need to, I will go out there and contest <laughs> some shots. Or at least, you know, try to uh, yell sweet nothings in the player's ear as they're about to shoot, right? No problem. I'm on it. So, first of all, we got Bram in the building. The, you know, the the tech investors that like to hang out halftime and not come out in time for the third quarter, I think they're going to change their behavior because of the stakes of this game. And look, in fairness to Chase Center, they build it internally with architecture expertise where they know the sounds bounce off the walls really well. The acoustics are amazing. And so I think when you add all those elements, plus the fact that there's going to be a lot of people from Oakland, East Bay coming out, it's going to be full force. And I, I think the Warriors are going to take game five, partly because of the home crowd and because arms. of Bram. Yeah, of course. It, it, but it, it's it's a call to arms. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to remember if there has been an elimination game at Chase. Um, I mean, certainly the Warriors faced one. Well, game six, not 2019 finals. Yeah, there you go. Um, but wasn't that 2019 finals is at Oracle, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, last game at Oracle. I thought. Yeah. Was, so yeah, they, they have not. I don't know if we've had an elimination. So, you know, here it is, dude. Balls to the wall. Let's see. If if you guys are ever going to show, show out now. Uh, here's a reason that was given to me on Twitter. The Warriors have a shot at winning in seven because, quote, the Lakers suck giant donkey tails. I've never, I've never heard that phrase. That's that's its own was that, thing. Was that was that submitted by Eric Carbon or what? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually submitted by me. I just wrote it to myself. But I, I, you know, I get that might or might not be true. I'm not sure if that's a thing that people say. But you know, sure, games. You've got my vote on the donkey tails thing. Uh, here's another one, and I and I really want your opinion on. It, okay, um, the Warriors have a shot in seven games, Mark, because the league wants seven games out of this series because they are making hundreds of millions of dollars with every game that is played in advertising. They do not want it to be a gentleman's sweep. They do not want it to disappear quickly. They'd like it to go the distance. What do you think? Any, any, is this just conspiratorial bullshit or do you think there's any truth behind that? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not part of the conspiracy theory crowd. I'm very much into refs got to be accountable there's been inconsistency about what is a block, what is a charge, how a game is called, whether it's physical, let them play, or let's blow a whistle on every single play and make it a free-throw shooting contest. But I think that's the human element of it uh, hmm. than any sort of, hey, Tim Donaghy era and get your, get your tips here and let's uh, increase the ratings. I don't think there's anything nefarious. If anything, it's just the human element or the – the yep. human incompetence, but in fairness to the NBA, um, they they try to do a good job. They take it seriously because they don't want any perception that it is officiated uh, it, through that lens. And I think for the most part, these guys are competent. But you know, me being an observer, I do feel like even for the referees that you know obviously are there for a reason, and you have to earn your stripes. <laughs> There's a lot of inconsistency every game, and that has fueled a lot of the frustration among players and coaches on how the game is called. Mark, would you mind, can you take your your camera and just pan it around the room so I can see whether or not Adam Silver is standing behind you right now? I mean, I just I, that was like the most NBA.com answer I have now, ever come heard. Come on, man. I okay, was no, never, I say a, company, okay, no, fair enough. never a company man. I got it in journalism. Not, so I can say whatever I wanted. 
Um, I, I will say, Maxime, I'll, I'll shoot this portion towards you. Um, unfortunately, I'm starting to hedge towards Mark here. So I expected secretly, didn't want to say it out loud, although we may or may not have recorded a podcast about it, that Scott Foster was going to make a difference. Um, you know, I thought that's why we were bringing him in. I thought Scotty was going to come in and kind of lay down the, the league's intention to go seven. And that's, that's not what we saw. In fact, I didn't leave last night feeling like it was the officiating. You know, I, I felt like it was the Warriors who brought that on themselves. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, and also the the free throw um, awarded to each team was a lot more consistent in the last game, so we did hedge in that direction. I mean, this is, like, honestly, this was the first time, and I think this is why I feel so terrible. Like, we did this to ourselves last night, right? I think there was reasons to blame the refs, um, you know, blame poor matchups, whatever, over the previous three games, but last night, we just straight up lost the game, and I think that was even with Scott Foster maybe trying to cut us some slack, so... <laughs> the the other thing that just drove me crazy about last night. So like if things you expect happen, they suck, but it's easier to to go through it. If AD had gone for 50 last night or LeBron had, you know, had bullied his way to 45, that is, you know, is what it is. To watch Lonnie Walker be the guy who fucking destroys this, this is so fresh. Like if I'm working on a document or something and my computer loses it sucks but predictable if i'm working on a document and i lose it because this pen explodes for no reason i'm you know i, I can't stand it dude it, it's a totally unacceptable like sidelight reason and to watch lonnie walker give it to us last night was not my favorite but i'm getting off topic here's another reason for you mark they are playing ad and lebron too many minutes um they are above 40 last night i think it was 41 and 43 minutes respectively that team is playing well, but secretly they are not that deep. They cannot bank on Lonnie Walker doing that on a consistent game-by-game -game basis. And at this stage, they are set to run out of gas. That's why I believe the Warriors can win seven. What do you think? Is that one a, uh, a real reason? It is a real reason. I'm very mixed. I'm very mixed on it, though, because I think to LeBron James's Anthony Davis credit, they've fought through those things, you know, most notably in game four. It was a struggle from game one and game two, but then they've had opportunities to sit out because of a blowout in the fourth quarter, both reasons, you know, win and lose, to conserve themselves. I think what game four also illustrated is that the Lakers actually do have a deep team. Like, they don't have a third star, and you never know what you're going to get when you look at individually D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker the fourth, Rui Hachimura. But if you combine those players into one composite character, they have a great third player that is always going to get double digits. It's always going to be an X factor. It's always going to leave Warrior fans thinking, who the F is this guy and how did he pull this off? So I think the underrated thing about the war the Lakers is that what you've seen right now in this series and predating since the pre-trade deadline is that they've been one of the best NBA teams because of the Russell Westbrook trade. Not just because of addition by subtraction, but they fulfilled a lot of positional needs with players that might not blow you out of the water, but they at least mitigated some of the depth issues. And they also had role players that already were on the team that then were then put in a greater position to succeed. And I think that's one of the disappointing parts about Game 4 for Warrior fans is that the Lakers – were the ones that embodied strength and numbers and not the Warriors. 
And Maxime, I'm am I getting losing ready my mind? for you to throw tomatoes at yeah, me. This fool, did, he, did he just say when I gave him the answer, he was like, yes, and kind of no. The yes took like one second. The kind of no was like an eight-minute soliloquy with a bunch of fuck yous attached. I mean, let's just make these yes or no questions, Mark. <laughs> Holy shit, I feel like you're just punching me right in the face. I was more happy when I left my disabled wife by herself in the living room than hearing this fucking bullet points of why we are screwed. All right. Go back to the Lakers suck donkey tails thing. You didn't give us a response on that, dude. How, how do you <laughs> respond to that accusation? God damn it. Maxime, you, you weigh in here, dude. Uh, did the lack of Lakers depth thing sell to you? Because really, we only need two. Let's just start teaming up and fucking voting Mark out. <laughs> when he said that they were the embodiment of strength in numbers, I, I swear to God, I, I almost puked. Uh, and he was, just rounded about. Oh, this fool oh, told us he was going to be positive, and then not at all. It's like he ran far enough to get behind us and then stabbed us in the back. <laughs> I, I've been saying this since game one. This is, I mean, I originally picked Warriors in six. Like, I'm now going Warriors in seven. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is specifically because of exactly this point. I think this is the most important point. With the amount of minutes that Darvin Ham is playing these two guys, I mean, it's unsustainable. I, I don't want anybody to get injured, but this is a recipe for an Anthony Davis to get injured. The longer he's on the court, the more tax he is, the more he ends up falling in some weird way and ending up hurting himself, which again is not something I want, but it's something that at least they're getting tired at this point. So, um, you know, uh, listen, I, I, I think this is the most important reason why the Warriors still have it. Um, we just got a little bit more legs under us. Mark, do you feel like Maxime definitely wants AD to get hurt? I mean, he just said it twice and then hedged against it twice. I feel feel 100% that's what he's rooting for, which nope. I look, I'm not going to tell you I am or I'm not. I'm just calling out what it was that he said. You're, about, just Mark? Point, you're, you're just pointing out the injury history. You look, I will agree with you guys on this point that the, the war of attrition could eventually catch up to the Lakers. But the question is, will it catch up enough to overcome a 3-1 series deficit? It very well could. But my whole point is they have better reinforcements than what they had earlier in the season. You're saying that like we didn't get the point, dude. I definitely got it. You explained it to me for half an hour. What do we need to go back through? Okay, here. I'm changing the fucking question. We are not convincing you any longer. I'm just going to ask you, Mark, Why? give me some optimism. Why can I believe that the Warriors can pull this out? And you've given us some breadcrumbs. Put them together. Why? What? What's the main reason why this thing is not over? I think it's all the low-hanging fruit. I mean, we all know the championship history and all that, but it's more of when you think of, okay, what do they need to fix? They can very easily turn down the number of turnovers, the number of fouls. Steph can hit more shots. Clay can hit more shots. Draymond can avoid foul trouble or turnovers. I don't think they're going to solve the whole, do we give Jordan Poole a chance? Can we have more depth? But I think within their all-stars, they can all be better versions of themselves, number one. Number two, I think that the adjustment that they made with Gary Payton, the second starting, does a lot of great things. I think GP2 is a great player. I do agree overall that that wore the Lakers out. But I also question, well, why wasn't he in the game later on in the fourth quarter when he could have finished the job? Um, So I think if there's more of a commitment to that, I also believe in Andrew Wiggins. He's a great complimentary player. He doesn't have to light it up, but he can be a solid guy that can slow down LeBron James, and he can also be a guy that hits a few occasional shots. So so those are the things that keep me optimistic. Um, But, you know, I was just trying to be real with the other things. Which is what we need. As well as – 
as well as the Lakers and their identity and my pessimism about Jordan Poole. It's I I said this to start and I genuinely mean it, man. We need you. This this is why I don't want this just to be Warriors takes thrown into other people, Warriors ears and nobody fights back. I mean, this it's really important that you're doing this. Um, My biggest reason. So there are times in my life when I have too much work, you know, some projects, something that's impossible. You, you start looking at everything that has to be done. It's too daunting. You don't even want to start. It's, you know, it's, it's an impossibility. It's a mountain you can't scale. But then you realize if you break it down, you know, just, just do the thing in front of you. Take the next step. Ultimately, you can get there. So when I look at this and they got to win three in a row, is that daunting? Yes, dude. It's crazy daunting and it's hard to see where it goes. But take the next step. Can I see that? Fuck yes. Can I see them pulling out a game at home? You know, where they are already favored by seven points? Yes, I can. Once they do that, can I see them win in L.A. when I honestly believe the pressure might be even more on the Lakers to close it out there than it will be for the Warriors because they don't want to come back to a game seven? Can I see that step? Yes, I can. If they take that step and they force a game seven at home after the Lakers have coughed up a 3-1 lead, can I see the final one crossing the, the finish line? Yes, I can. Of course I can. So, you know, will they take all three steps at once? No. Are the Warriors currently favored? Of course they aren't. This isn't where we want it to be. But is it done? You know, should we close the coffin and walk away? Mark, fuck no, we shouldn't. There is still a lot of hoop to be played. We got, you know, it's this is it. Call the arms. Every, you know, everybody, if you're going to that game, lose your mind. If you're not, lose your mind anyways. Go to the bathroom, sulk. Get it out of your system now and then show up because these guys need us. And I think they can deliver it. Um, Maxime, what do you think, man? So everything Mark said, I mean, he delivered. He was, you know, he's, he's prepared. Um, he's pragmatic, you know, and, and he gave you his take from being right there. You've heard my complete Homer fire. Where are you? Man, I'm somewhere in the middle, you know, and that was a rousing speech and I appreciate it. Um, I, I I had the mantra in my head of just one possession at a time in last night's game. And, you know, I lost some confidence. This That was a huge win. We were talking out off air after the last game. This is, you know, this is not a must-win situation, but it's about as close as you're going to get, obviously. <laughs> so for them to, to shit the bed the way they did in the final couple minutes does not inspire confidence that they have the mentality to take it one game at a time. What does inspire confidence is the other end of the spectrum. It's all the stuff that Mark said up front. This is a championship pedigree team that's been here before, that's been down 3-1 before. How incredible is it that we're actually here right now as the sixth seed with two games at home left? Like, what a ridiculous stroke of luck. So I hope we can I hope we can rest on that a little bit to appreciate where we're at as a team. And, I, you know, I'll say this at the end. I think this is sort of like a chess game, right, where the Warriors and the Lakers are playing chess, but it's not like the Warriors are the worst chess player. In fact, they're the better chess player. Like you said, what we're seeing is that they're just missing those open shots. They're not getting forced to take bad shots. I would love to see them get a few more looks to the rim. That's something that Jordan Poole actually, by the way, could help out with. He's maybe the fastest dude cutting to the basket that we have on our team other than Kaminga. Um, so it'll be nice to see that. But we're, it, it's almost like we're distracted, right? Like off to the side of some baddie or whatever. Somebody's making like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And we're like, we're not fully focused on the chess game. But if we just stop and sit down and say, okay, it's time to win this chess game. We have every reason to know that we are the better chess playing team. We're the better basketball playing team. Did you say Kamiga? Because I don't think I've ever heard that name. I have no idea who you're talking about. Also, I wouldn't mind pointing out, why didn't Steph call the timeout? Why oh. didn't he call the timeout? Oh. Who the fuck? Who, I don't... 
was it the Sacramento thing? Did they not tell him? Like, I, what happened? Why didn't he call the well, time? I, I, can, I can explain a little bit. I mean, first of all, it's inexcusable. You got to know you have enough timeouts. Steve Kerr was calling from the sideline, but his perspective was that when he caught it, he fell really quickly and yep. uh, he like kind of lost his spatial awareness for a little bit and wasn't yep. sure how much time was left. But still, the jump ball, it was like five seconds, plenty of time to do it right away before it was a loose ball and went out of bounds. And and he deserved, you know, we got to say, the only reason we were remotely close to that game is because of the brilliance of Steph Curry. So if anybody earned the right to make the mistake, it's Steph. It's just, ah, frustrating to watch. All right, boys, here it is. Um, prediction time, okay? So what happens? What's what? Who wins this series and in how many games? Mark, let I normally would crescendo to you, but I'm terrified of doing that in this instance. So I'm going to start with you, buddy. What do you think? Who wins this series and how much? Okay, I want to clarify. Do you do you want to feel good or do you want some truth? Real answer. Give us your real answer. Okay, well, half glass full. The Warriors, they go all out and prevail in this exciting Game 5 win. Graham is at Chase Center leading the team to victory with his cheers and support. Forcing a game six when they go back to crypto.com arena. Jack Nicholson is there to do the Lakers work the same way that Bram did for the Warriors. And the Lakers wind up closing it at the crypt. I hated seeing all those people that I haven't seen for a while at uh, in L.A. Jack Nicholson included, but there's there's a bunch of people who we've kind of gotten used to seeing in that front row and seeing them back now sucked a little bit of ass. Maxime, to you, what's your prediction? Can I, okay, listen, I don't know, Mark, maybe maybe you were you know in the arena, so not seeing the telecast, but if you're comparing Bram to Jack Nicholson, I get that there's some pedigree there, but my God, that dude looked old. He looked like he did not give a single fuck about what he looked like on <laughs> television. It looked like a, a weekend at Bernie scenario. Oh, did we ever see him move? Shit. I feel like they uh, may have dragged his ass in there. Honestly, I, I had some flashbacks to The Shining, so it scared yes. me a little. Scared him on the jumbotron. <laughs> it's a lot. He actually looked like I did in the bathroom, but whatever. I mean, I, you know, that's fine. He's <laughs> a little catatonic. <laughs> so the comparison was apt. I see. I see. Mark's just so no, far ahead. Of us. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I I I still believe. I still believe that the Warriors have the ability to do it in seven. You already heard my reasoning, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. One step at a time just one just one step at a time focus on this next one we've seen this warriors team come down from 30 points we've seen them come down from three to one in the western conference finals we have seen them do incredible things time and time again one step at a time warriors and fucking seven let's fucking go all right mark i missed you um, and a tough scenario today, man, you know, kind of an ugly setting and you, you've helped me have some fun and kind of take some of the nastiness off my shoulders. I genuinely appreciate you. I know that everybody out there needs way more Medina in their life, social media handles, anything, dude, where, where can we find you and how can we enjoy your opinions? Yeah, well, I'm an NBA free agent, so I've been doing a lot of uh, freelance work during the playoffs, so I'll just write them down. Um, on the on the writing side, I've been with Sportsnot and Sporting Tribune, Aaron Torres' website, um, doing the TV gig with Spectrum Sportsnet, FS1, CBS LA with Jim Hill, and then on the radio side, Fox Sports Radio. A shameless plug that's coming out. I got something on Andrew Wiggins for Sportsnot uh, being published Thursday morning. Gain into a little bit of uh, their his history 
with LeBron James. So should be a fun read. Uh, get out there and support Mark. Real deal. Check out that article. Hit up his Twitter account. I mean, just support Mark. He's our guy, which makes him your guy. Make sure he feels that support. For us, you know how to reach us. We're on social media. Uh, we've changed our handle to Warriors and Seven. We're on YouTube. Warriors and Seven there too. Just across the fucking board. Google Warriors and Seven, and you'll find us. With that in mind, go Warriors and Warriors and Seven. Good, good.